did I miss a scene? Yeah. Oh God, I did. Wow. <laughs> Oops, I skipped that. Sorry. Sorry. Thank you. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate Gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm okay. Are you uh in your in your house? Sadly, no. Oh That's no. Part of my reason. I'm actually really grumpy today. I'm so <laughs> sorry. It's fine. What's up? It's, we've just got a bunch of stuff to do, and I have not had the time to like take down this recording space and set up the new one. So fair, fair. Yeah. We're not actually even living there yet because we haven't gotten dogs there and I still need to paint the bedrooms, which I haven't finished doing yet. And it makes me grumpy to still be in this stupid apartment. Sorry. (laughs) It's fine. That's only one of many reasons why I'm grumpy today. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's fine. I have two beers with me, so it'll be fine. Everything's fine. I had a cookie and I have a beer and a half. Fantastic. What more do you need? And a podcast. In a cheese. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Cheese. I had cheese. So I had a brownie for breakfast and a piece of cheese for my mid-morning snack. And then I forgot to eat until my way home from work. And then I had some almonds. And then I had a cookie. <laughs> that sounds like a somewhat unsatisfying meal day. <laughs> I Yeah. When I get in a bad mood, it's been a bad ADHD day. And that means that I forget to eat on those kinds of days. So, mm. so yeah. Here we are. Yay. Well. Yay. Those beers should uh, hit really well then, I feel Mm -hmm. like. Yep. Jack's Abbey house lager. You'd hate it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. I've got my Jordy Bear here. He's just going to sit with me. I got Jordy Bear right next to me, too. Yay. Now he's on my lap now that you mentioned him. Sam, I just put mine (laughs) on my lap as I mentioned him also. (laughs) Excellent. Fabulous. Yep. Good times. My setup's a little weird today. Mm-hmm. I put up my Christmas tree with nice. all red lights. I like the picture. I haven't put up my tree yet, and that's also making me sad. Not grumpy, but yeah. more sad. I like Christmas trees. Not much of a Christmas person, but I like Christmas trees and the general cheer. Yeah, I like the trappings of Christmas Yeah, as a non-religious person. <laughs> yeah, same. I don't like the commercialism of it, and I don't like... I am not a religious person either, but I do like the general cheerfulness of it. Cheerfulness, lights, decoration. Yeah. Ah, oh, so many pretty lights. Our new street has a ton of pretty decorations. I do appreciate that. My street itself is not very good, but my neighborhood's uh, bringing nice. it. Yeah, I was just walking the dogs the other night because we did have them there at least for like during the day. And I was like, oh, it's so pretty here. <laughs> so many Christmas lights. It's great. Huzzah. Yay. But yeah, I put that up though. And if you recall, my apartment yes. was the living room space was much larger than my current living room. It was, yes. So the tree is taking up a substantial portion of the <laughs> living room, especially because... I insisted it needs to be in front of the picture window. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I'm trapped right now in my on my love seat with the tree and then my table not turned the way <laughs> I normally have it, blocking me in for recording. So this is fun. 
Yay! So I made sure I had all my things. I brought some cheese and crackers with me into this little corner. Excellent. Hence your name, All the Cheese in My Face, which yes. is an excellent name. Which I need to thank my friends for allowing me to take all the cheese from our last <laughs> gathering. I mean, I might have said other things, but Jeff had already said to take it, and mm-hmm. it's fine. Because I was there the other, I was there yesterday doing some cleaning, and I was like, oh, if only there was still some cheese here. Sorry. <laughs> I took it's it fine. all like a monster. It's fine. I didn't think it would actually be an issue, and then once I was there, I was like, oh, maybe I should have kept some. <laughs> But it's fine because there was beer and what more do you need? There was beer in the fridge. So (laughs) who needs food when you've got a fridge full of beer and nothing else? Yes. Perfect. (laughs) Liquid meals. Perfect. Yeah. So it's been a busy week. We closed on the house, obviously. And I finished my NaNoWriMo novel, uh, which is also awesome. And Coconut and I finished our puppy miles despite her leg issues. Her leg seems to be better. And I did get the okay from the vet to continue at our current rate that we were doing. And so we finished our 150 miles in three months for the puppy run. Fantastic. And, yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah. Busy week. Good week. Yeah. Only grumpy today for completely unrelated issues that have nothing to do with any of that stuff and mostly have to do with annoying red tape about getting solar panels and students fucking up their exams. Yeah. <laughs> and also that email that i already told you about where my recommendation that i submitted for a student to get into a program at a different school was rejected because they didn't like that i hadn't dotted the i in my last name which has an i in it but i don't do that in my signature so (laughs) it felt like they were asking me to falsify my own signature by doing that and it made me angry (laughs) weird and bullshit signatures are stupid right they mean nothing Exactly. And that's actually part of the issue with the red tape with the solar panels that we're getting too, is because the electric company has my old name that I haven't used in like 13 years Mm -hmm. on it. And I've been using my current name for 13 years, like I said. And so for whatever reason, the solar panel company is like, oh, you need to sign this form that says you've changed your name from (sighs) this to that. I'm like, no, because I didn't because I changed it from that to this 13 <laughs> years ago. And the form also said, and you know, you, you're, cons- you're acknowledging that your legal name is different from the one that you used on all of your solar panel paperwork. I'm like, no. <laughs> I emailed them back saying, like, this form's inaccurate. I can't sign this. And then I got a second text message from the guy that we've been dealing with later. He's like, as soon as you sign that form, it'll be all set. And I'm like, I can't sign that form. Not at all accurate. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's exciting. Names are important. I don't like my former name at all for personal reasons, and it's pissing me off. (laughs) I can understand that, yeah. 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 And that was, like, right before this. So I keep getting, like, annoying news right before we record and then coming into this grumpy, and I feel I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. My exciting news is that not actually my news. My brother had hip replacement surgery this week. In fact, yesterday. (laughs) Go, brother. Yes. So he is laid up in my house, and hopefully his recovery will go quickly and smoothly. But today the poor man is in a little pain. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. I imagine so. That's yeah. bad. <laughs> Did they give him anything fun for it? Uh, he's got he's got a variety of drugs in his room oh, okay. for that, but between the actual surgery and then there was a physical therapist here today oh, to get okay. him started. Yeah, they start people on it fast. Yeah. I've had a lot of clients that had hip replacements. Oh, he's just a little bit. But I'm very glad he got his surgery because yes. it's going to be a generally after this this brief time, a <laughs> yep. very improving situation yes. for him. 
Yes. So yeah. Absolutely. I've only ever had one client that had lasting issues like her her joint replacement went poorly Ooh. of the many many people that i've worked with that had joint replacement surgeries only one that i knew of had issues lasting beyond her recovery period okay was she fantastically old she was not fantastically <laughs> old but she was definitely older than your brother or us wow. for that matter significantly yeah so hopefully that he is younger and his surgery was hopefully not botched in any way. We're good. Yeah. 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 Actually, it sounded like she had a botched surgery. That so sucks. I was like, that really okay. sucks. It really did. You know who else is having some medical issues? Who's that? This random stranger that we met in this episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. You are right about that. Yeah. Nice What job. is this episode that was about this random guy's medical issues? This episode was... Stargate SG-1, Season 5, Episode 11, Desperate Measures. And they were some desperate measures. They were. Quite. We start on a road. I was a little bit confused about who was with who, but the gist is basically there's a military-type vehicle transporting people... And there are other people hanging out on the side of the road or blocking the road, in fact, with other trucks. They stop. People talk to each other. One gives another a cigarette. And then all of the people in the truck are murdered. (laughs) Sounds about right. Worth mentioning is all of this was happening in Russian. And Amazon, which I had to watch this on today, does not translate the Russian the way that Netflix used to. Oh, no. I watched the DVD, which, as you might recall from eons ago, does not actually have subtitles. I mean, it'll Mm. have subtitles for the show, but does not have closed captioning. Oh, yeah. But anyway, it doesn't matter because a bunch of people murdered another bunch of people. And the only person to survive the mass murdering of the truck people, when they go in the back, it's a Jaffa. What? Yeah. Not a Jaffa, Kathy. It's Jaffa. It's Jaffa. You're right. (laughs) As you may remember from the description. (laughs) I'm going to miss the Netflix descriptions. Right? I wonder if the Amazon ones are any good. Did you look? I did. I looked and they don't seem as fun. So for instance, I actually have it up because I was looking at the next one. The one for this episode just says, when Carter goes missing, SG-1's investigation leads to an old quotation mark friend. So nothing about Jaffa. I mean, that's still pretty stupid, too, but not as special as Netflix, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fair. Somewhere, not on the base, Sam leaves a building with a gym bag, so presumably she was at the gym. She goes to her car, which is the same fun little car we saw last time when we got to see her off base, and a homeless person is watching her as three people dressed all in black come up and kidnap her. (laughs) So that's disturbing. She puts up a good fight, but they do get the better of her because there are three of them. And the van speeds away and the homeless man mutters to himself, ninjas. (laughs) (laughs) And then credits. Yeah. Yep. I think that had there only been two guys attacking her, she might have fought them off. I bet she could have. Because she was doing a good job. Yeah, she was putting up a really good fight. Yeah. I think you're right. I think she could have fought off two of them. She was also being really smart yelling and making a bunch of noise she was. too. Yes. Unfortunately, absolutely. the only person around was the poor homeless man who was worried about the ninjas. Yeah, and also seemed like he probably would not be able to no. put up much of a fight. He was a bit on the skinnier and feeble looking yes. side, unfortunately yes. for him. Yeah. Yeah. 
After credits, Jack is sitting on a table with Teal'c when Hammond comes in. I think they're in the conference room. Yeah. Yeah. And this is Hammond's office. Oh. Doesn't really matter. Anyway, wherever they are, they're in the SGC and they have discovered that Sam has been missing for 48 hours plus at this point. Yep. Yeah. Apparently she went missing on a Saturday morning. Yeah. I guess she wasn't missing work, although I thought she was there like every day and practically lived there. Right, right. Daniel chimes in that they found her car in the fitness club 12 blocks from her house. So yeah, she was at the gym. That got me to wondering what her workouts are like. And I am going to assume that she's got some kick-ass workouts and isn't like the many, many people that I've seen that are like just slowly walking on the treadmill and are only lifting like the one or two pound weights because they're afraid of bulking up. I'm going to assume that she like (laughs) is doing some kickboxing and heavy lifting and like doing a a fully kick-ass workout. Absolutely. Yeah. And there were no witnesses to any of this. There it is reported, although we know that's actually not true. Indeed. Hammond tells specifically Jack they have no jurisdiction outside the facility to do anything about this. But Jack's like, we can we can look, can't we? So that's what's going to happen, I think. Yep. Meanwhile, in a hospital facility of some sort, Sam is now wearing surgical scrubs. I don't know who changed her into this. That's a little disturbing. Yeah. A doctor comes in to greet her. And of course, she wants to know where she is. But the guy just says that she's in a hospital and that they are going to run a few tests on her. That's all. Everything's fine. Sam wants to know why she's restrained. And then they inject her with some stuff. In the parking lot behind the gym, the homeless person is talking to himself about somebody that had huge feet and never trust a man with feet that big. And I really wanted to know what he was referring to. I wish we got more of this conversation. I think he is in his head watching <laughs> an episode of The Simpsons with Sideshow Bob. That's nice. what I think. Okay. Because he's fair. got big feet. This is true. And you can't trust Sideshow Bob. This is true. You know what I've always noticed is that, actually, speaking of Sideshow Bob, I've always noticed that Kelsey Grammer on Frasier looked like he had really big feet. So maybe he was talking about Kelsey Grammer (laughs) (laughs) in general, both as Frasier and as Sideshow Bob and as the actor himself. Maybe. (laughs) Anyway, Jack finds him and wants to talk to him. He just has a couple questions and the homeless guy, unfortunately, we don't get a name for him. The guy asks if Jack's got a dollar and Jack even gives him two and then asks if the guy was there on Saturday. The guy wants to know why he should tell Jack. And so Jack's going to give him some more money after he gets assurances that Jack is not a cop. Jack does tell him he's a colonel in the Air Force. (laughs) The guy's like, I was in Nam. And Jack's like, I have a company. (laughs) But it was for a vacation a long time ago. (laughs) Oh, buddy. Jack describes Sam as being about 5'9"-ish, which I was super jealous of because that means she's a good couple inches taller than me. And I would love to be taller. But then I'd tower over Jeff even more than I already do. So <laughs> He likes it. He does. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. Who else is going to get the peanut butter off the top shelf for him? Exactly. Yeah. They have a little back and forth. Finally, the guy tells Jack that he did see a person that fits that description Being abducted by a van full of ninjas, specifically, three of them are possibly four, but she put up a really good fight, as Kathy and I have already mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. 
apparently somehow in the conversation, the topic of Jack having a bunch of National Geographics had come up. And so Jack is going to bring this guy a whole bunch of National Geographics magazines in exchange for that information. (laughs) I would also like to say this man characterized himself as a crazy old guy with a shopping cart full of cans. But did you see his shopping cart? It was not full of cans. Oh, I did not. (laughs) There was like one tiny box on top with a few crushed cans, but otherwise it had some big beady thing. I don't know what it was. It had a stuffed animal, some (laughs) other kind of creature looking thing on top. There was a liquor decanter, a suitcase, pillows. You were paying way more attention than me. (laughs) I was curious. So I like paused it to just kind of look and try to see what it was. I appreciate that. Not because he said that. I was just being like, what does he have? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And all I could see from his encampment was he had pillows and a cardboard box. There were other things, but I couldn't see what they were. We didn't focus on them long enough. But the camera started on that shopping cart and then panned over. We got a good look. There were not any cans. At least not Mm. many, man. You know. Full of inaccuracies. How yeah. can you trust anything that he says about what happened with Sam now? You can't. He also said she was kidnapped by ninjas. I mean, those guys also could true. be ninjas. We don't know, but... True. Yeah. It's very important. It is. I think it's important. <laughs> Back at the SGC, Jack and Daniel are hanging out in Daniel's office. Daniel's looking at a website that I glimpsed at and looked like it was called Movie Orbit. But I read it as movie or bit. It was like, (laughs) I don't know what that means. And it took me a few seconds to be like, no, it's movie or bit, you idiot. Anyway, (laughs) apparently these movie fan sites and whatnot are ways that NID agents communicate with one another in secret code. Jax had Daniel put some sort of message up. It says specifically, Hutch, we need to talk, signed Starsky. (laughs) Because they want to get in touch with Mayborn. Yeah. Their old pal. Good friend. Next, we're back in the hospital. There's another doctor now, and they are talking about Sam's blood results and the unusual protein marker and unidentified heavy metal that are present in it. Mm. She might need some chelation therapy, but <laughs> I'm guessing they mean Naquita and that they're just going to leave it. I was a little confused about why they wouldn't know that it was Naquita, given the amount of information they knew. Right? You would think that they would. Yeah. The doctor's like, what do you mean it's unidentified? (laughs) (laughs) And the other doctor's like, we've never seen it before. They're going to double check those lab results, just in case. Sam is conscious again and manages to, like, fall off the gurney and is trying to make an escape. And the first doctor comments that he gave her enough chloral hydrate to put down a man twice her size... I actually looked up what chloral hydrate is, and it doesn't seem like it's generally used for keeping a person unconscious, but it does induce sleep, so maybe, I guess. But it comes in capsule form and liquid to take by mouth or a suppository if you're really up for some fun. It is not used intravenously, though. Huh. Yeah. Even though they showed them injecting something into her veins before. Fully inaccurate representation of chloral hydrate. (laughs) The end. According to PubMed and MedlinePlus.gov. My only information about chloral hydrate comes from an X-Files episode called Bad Blood, in which the kid Ham from the Sandlot is a vampire. (laughs) Oh, right. Uh, I like that episode. And he drugs people by putting chloral hydrates in their pizza. That's right. 
<laughs> See, that would be a more plausible method of delivery, though. <laughs> she probably wouldn't have eat, willingly eaten pizza from some random doctors who ever locked up. <laughs> <laughs> Likely not. It did say that one of the things that I was reading called it a hypnotic. So, yeah, oh. I guess maybe they could use it to knock her out. But I wouldn't think that it would be as effective as other alternatives. <laughs> but I don't know. Not a doctor. That's just my guessing. Yeah. While Sam is on the floor where she has collapsed, she finds a scalpel and is able to sneakily slip it into her sleeve. The doctors come and try to get her back up into her bed. Smart lady, love it. Indeed. Jack's returned to the homeless man's encampment in his green pickup truck. He's got a crate of National Geographic's with him because he is a man of his word. Right? I really appreciated that because I actually made a note that I didn't bother mentioning, but I did not think he was actually going to do it. And then he did. And I was happy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He does not find the homeless man, though. Instead, he finds Mayborn, who tells him he has a gun. And Jack's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> they, I don't know, Mayborn makes like cryptic remarks about being able to how, how he could find him and blah, blah, blah. He said he was able to find Jack because he played a lot of hide-and-seek as a kid, which I also did, but I do not think that I would be good at creepily stalking people (laughs) and finding them the way that Mayborn can. (laughs) No. (laughs) My sister and I played a lot of (laughs) hide-and-seek. Jack does say they couldn't find him when he was a kid because they didn't want to. (laughs) They're keeping up their relationship pretty good. Yep. Jack lets Mayborn know that he's contacted him because Sam is missing and that she was taken right here in this parking lot by some guys in a van. He wants to know if it's some of Mayborn's old friends. Mayborn, though, doesn't know he says anything about Sam's abduction. He's like, why don't you ask the NID? And Jack's like, I hadn't thought of that. Thanks. But he does offer this helpful... Tip to try user 4574, which is a thing we've heard before. It is. He also, before leaving, says he's really sorry and, you know, maybe you should get used to the the idea that Sam might not come back. So, sorry. Bye. That would suck. Yeah. Back in Hammond's office for the next scene, I randomly remembered an article I read in BuzzFeed a couple days ago, because that's what I do. (laughs) about famous people with PhDs, and Don S. Davis had one in theater. His dissertation was The Evolution of Scenography in the Western Theater. And before taking this job on SG-1, he taught at the University of British Columbia. That's cool. Right? I thought that was very interesting. awesome. Yeah. Hammond is talking to Jack on the phone and asks him to confirm user 4574. Apparently that's all the guy said. And Hammond thinks he knows who that is they should all right Wouldn't right have yeah up in some kind of report or something yeah jack didn't seem to know what that meant but i would think that he should have yeah right? maybe he didn't pack that little tidbit away <laughs> i don't know maybe. in q's office aka simmons jack pretty much barges in <laughs> and wants some answers he's already been waiting there for two hours apparently and q is a very very busy guy. He's finishing his lunch, which I'm only bothering to mention because it's apparently a ham and cheese sandwich with orange juice. And the only reason that that's worth mentioning is because of how disgusting of a combination that sounded to me. 
I didn't notice the orange juice. Yeah. Yeah. He stated that he was eating a ham and cheese sandwich, and then he took a big drink out of a bottle that was for sure orange juice and just (laughs) gross. That's disgusting. Yuck. (laughs) Yeah. They have a chat about Sam's disappearance, and of course, Simmons says that he has no idea anything about it, but, you know, maybe some aliens had to do with it. Maybe aliens took her. He wants to know why Jack is so convinced that he'd have anything to do with this. And Jack says he's got some reliable sources. But Simmons just swears that the NID is a legitimate organization financed by the U.S. government. And they had nothing to do with any disappearance of Sam. Even though there may have been some minor indiscretions in the past. Jack comes right out and says that Mayborn says that he did it. (laughs) Simmons is basically like, yeah, well, Mayborn's full of shit, so don't listen to anything that he's saying. Because have you noticed that he got a big payment in one of his offshore accounts lately? Maybe he's behind Sam's disappearance. Makes you wonder what he did to earn that money. He adds. Yeah. So Jack went back to D.C. again. Mm-hmm. Another fruitful visit, maybe. Yeah. To talk to a bunch of people who don't particularly like him or want to help him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We get a quick shot of Sam in the hospital. She is trapped in, starting to cut at her restraints with the scalpel she grabbed. I thought it was funny because while it is definitely plausible that a scalpel could cut through these leather restraints, she wasn't actually using the scalpel part to saw with. She was using the (laughs) handle part, but they inserted cutting, sawing noises over it anyway. (laughs) It amused me. It's going to take a long time to cut through those, even if you are using the right end. Scalpels are crazy okay, sharp. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would probably be pretty dull by the end of that, but... Yeah, I mean, it's just her angle. You can't really apply a lot of pressure to what you're doing. Very true, because if you put too much pressure, then you accidentally go through it and into your wrist if you're not careful, so... Yeah. It would be a little bit of a slower process, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. If she's being careful. I would hope she would be, but also I think it would be hard for her to apply pressure given her restraint. True. I was thinking about this today, too, because I was finishing up my uh, rewatch of Orphan Black, Mm. and there's an episode where Helena takes scissors from a surgical table like this and is trying to cut through restraints. And you know what? I thought that's what she was going to try to do, but I forgot (laughs) about this. She actually stabs herself with them. (laughs) Awesome. Anyway, but yeah. I don't know about the sharpness of those. I would imagine they're pretty sharp, but I'm only generally using the dull ones that are in the student lab (laughs) that get reused a million times. Like our scalpel blades, we keep replacing because you need to because they're dangerous when they're dull. But our snips are pretty dull. Okay. (laughs) So I can't comment on the likelihood of that one. The scalpel would be a better choice. And she was totally not going to try to do that anyway. So it wasn't relevant really, but I was just thinking about it today because of that. Yeah, fair. We've been rewatching that show too. I actually never, I don't think we ever even saw the whole thing. I really like it a lot. It's, it's a good show. It's very good, yeah. yeah. There was one part where I was watching though on this TV I currently have and was like, oh, <laughs> the technology to put all of these same actor in the same scene together does not hold up in every scene. <laughs> oh no, really? I haven't, I haven't noticed anywhere it was bad yet, but we are not that far in. There's really only one that was particularly notable. So I was like, oh, because, yeah. But anyway, (laughs) good show. Highly recommend. Tatiana Maslany is fucking amazing. Yeah, I was skeptical about watching She-Hulk just 
mostly because I hated the name, but also a surprisingly entertaining show. Ha, ah, nice. In the SGC, SG three quarters plus Hammond are conferring about what they've learned about Mayborn's shady dealing. Apparently he was paid off by some corporation called Zelotron Industries, which is run by some dude named Adrian Conrad, who is some rich asshole who made money before the dot-com bust of the, what was that, late 90s, early 2000s? Yeah, Yeah. somewhere around there. Using something called fiber optic host channel adapters or something? I don't know. Yeah, every real thing. I asked Greffrey about them. They basically are a thing that goes into computers and gives you a thing to connect fiber optic to, if I am understanding correctly. Fiber optic cables. He made a thing. He made some money. He got out and diversified. (laughs) And now has his fingers in shipyard and sportwear factory pies. Teal'c wanted to know what his connection to Mayborn might be. And Daniel and Hammond basically say that Mayborn knows a lot of shit about the SG program and ex-spies commonly sell information to the private sector apparently i can't fact check that daniel i'm just gonna (laughs) take your word for it i don't really know don't imagine you can daniel also says that adrian conrad has not been seen in public in more than six months last appearing on a video feed from his office in seattle to a stockholders meeting exciting indeed I should have brought a glass in here for my beer so that I could live my best life and put gummy bears in it. Oh, but I didn't. Man. And here we are. Would it be good? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I like it. All right. I've done it before. Okay. It's delicious. Because the wine thing made sense because it's a sweet, sweet thing. Yeah. But not all beers no, are... It works in beers, too. Okay, cool. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Daniel also tells them that a woman named Diana Mendez, who was... Adrian Conrad's assistant was the person who authorized Mayborn's big payment and is the last person who saw Conrad. So that's their only lead, really. Yep. In some office somewhere, we meet Diana Mendez. Mayborn sneaks up on her, (laughs) being the creeper that he is, and wants to know about Sam's disappearance. She claims that she has no idea what he's talking about, so he continues to be creepy and ominous, and for whatever reason, she has a cannon on her desk. <laughs> I'm going to start keeping cannons on my desk, both at work and here. <laughs> because, you know, why not? Great decoration for the desk. Yeah. Yeah. He turns that cannon to her to be even more ominous, because she's not given up any information. Mayborn mentions that Sam disappeared right after they closed their deal, which we don't know what that is yet. And he doesn't think that it's a coincidence. Mendez says she doesn't think Adrian would be involved in anything like that. And they talk about the fact that the Russian military was involved in this. Basically, Mayborn was procuring something from them and selling it to one of Adrian's companies or to Adrian himself. A little ambiguous. I don't know. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. Mayborn is surprised that she doesn't know anything about any of that, but she says she just basically does what she's told and gets paid and that's it. She doesn't care what's happening. (laughs) For whatever reason, Mayborn's like, what if I told you that it was enough uranium to fuel a terrorist nuke, which it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) No. So I don't really even know why he asked her that. But also Mendez knew he was lying, so it didn't matter. <laughs> he's also the one who got it for them. So, like, right. yeah, he's also 
talking about how terrible he is. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was a weird scene. But as far as Mendez is concerned, Mayborn got his money, so their their association is finished, as she says. <laughs> and so Mayborn turns the little cannon away from her <laughs> and then leaves. <laughs> it's a really stupid scene. It was really <laughs> weird. Mayborn also picks up something and eats off of her desk and i oh, couldn't figure out what it that. was it sounded kind of like m&ms but do you just have an open thing of m&ms on your desk that i don't know seems kind of gross to me because then you're gonna get all kinds of dust falling in them yeah. whatever it was it was definitely open candy that didn't need to be opened <laughs> maybe keep a lid on that maybe there could have been a lid for all we know i couldn't see anything besides the tiny cannon fair so yeah weird scene Mayborn goes to the garage where his car is, and Jack apparently played hide-and-seek as a child as well, <laughs> because he comes up on Mayborn, who tells him he's stealing his routine. I thought it was interesting that first we see all of this in the reflection of the car window. Yeah. And then also, I thought it was ridiculous, because Jack snuck up from behind him and put his arms around him like he was giving him a big hug. And it was to disarm him, but it looked more like just a big hug. <laughs> I hope there are some cuts where he just gives him a big hug. I hope so. Yeah. Deleted scenes, whatever. Yeah. Jack takes his gun, as you just said. Jack says, you lied to me, dude. So get in the car and we're going to drive off together. Into the sunset. I was just about to say that. <laughs> and they were never heard from again. <laughs> the end. The end. end of series. In the hospital slash prison that Sam is in, she's still working away at her restraints with the scalpel when one of the doctors comes in to uh, ask her some questions. She is refusing to look at him at first. Until he's like, I don't know if I mentioned what a thrill this is for me. So and creepy. she turns to look at him with such disdain and fury. Yep. She's using her best anger yes, face again. Yes, I loved she it. is. I'm packing you an extra pair of shoes and your angry eyes, just in case. She wipes that fucking smile off his creepy face. Yes. I sort of was wondering at this point, too, was this the guy who changed her clothes and apparently Ugh. put a suppository in her or something? If that's how you do the chloral hydrate. Since, yeah, it wasn't the injection and she yeah. wasn't conscious to swallow something. So, yeah. Who knows? But anyway, he's a creep. Yeah. And also is terrible because he kidnapped Sam. He's like, oh, I wish we didn't have to work under these conditions. She looks away again at this point and stops looking at him. He calls her very unique and that she may hold the key. And the key. I don't know what it's for, but you never know. To the future of medical science. And he busts out his creepy smile again. Sam, though, is not having that. She says he's made a big mistake. She also tells him she's a physicist. Oh, my God. <laughs> a physicist. You got there eventually. <laughs> she also mentions she's a physicist. Studying deep space <laughs> radar telemetry. He's like, hmm, don't waste my time with that cover story. And talk to me about your uh, time with your hagfish. Elsewhere in the hospital, the other doctor is talking to Mendez. So she is totally in on it, despite what she was claiming before. They're trying to figure out 
what all of the test results mean, but they're still not really sure. Mendez mentions that they're running out of time from something. The doctor says that they might have to move the implantation up ahead of schedule. And we see a gross symbiote swimming around in a tank, presumably from Jaffa. Yes. Wonder what happened to the rest of him. Probably didn't end well. No, because even if they didn't outright kill him, taking out his hagfish sure would. Right, exactly. Poor Jaffa. Can't imagine they had another juvenile one to give him as a replacement. Mm. Mayborn and Jack are having a nice little leisurely drive. Mayborn promises that he didn't know where Sam was taken. Jack wants to know what all the money was for. And long story short, it was to get that hagfish for them because the Russians had captured a Jaffa. Jack is incensed that he would do that. Mayborn says that the symbiote was reaching maturity anyway, though. So I guess either way, it wouldn't have really ended so well for the Jaffa guy because Mm. the symbiote, I guess, would have taken him over. I guess. I don't know. We still get conflicting information about what happens when a symbiote matures. Anyway, Jack wants to know why they would kidnap Carter, and it's because she had a symbiote in her and now doesn't. So they're hoping to implant the hagfish into somebody and then get the hagfish back out again later. They think that Sam is going to be the answer for how to do that. Jack, of course... Can't believe that Mayborn would give anybody a hagfish for any amount of money. And Mayborn's like, well, it's $3 million. You don't ask questions. You just take the money. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Mayborn tries to argue that they could make all kinds of medical breakthroughs with what they're working on there. Jack is, of course, not buying that. And instead mentions his overwhelming desire to shoot Mayborn has come back. Mayborn doesn't know exactly who it was that paid him the money, but one thing he does know that can help Jack out is the doctor that took delivery on the hagfish. Presumably that is where they go to, that doctor's office. Yes. There's a door, Dr. Neil Brook Immunology 202 room. That was a way to say that. Mayborn and Jack, (laughs) yeah. They break into the room. They do. Mayborn takes a moment to pitch a partnership with <laughs> with Jack saying they make a great team and if you ever get tired of the SGC we can make a lot of money together. Jack just tells him not to give him more reasons to shoot him. <laughs> Mayborn is meanwhile hacking away at a computer where he manages to very easily get into Adrian Conrad's medical file and print it out for them. How would they even know to look for Adrian Conrad's medical file at this doctor's office if Mayborn claimed to only know the doctor that took delivery? I guess they would have known that he funded it, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Because they did know him or know of him anyway. True. Yeah. I guess Mayborn would have known who actually was giving him the money. It wasn't just a faceless corporation or nameless. Yeah. He's a slippery guy who knows lots of shit. Very true. Very true. In the briefing room, Fraser says that Adrian Conrad is in the late stages of a rare disorder known as Burchardt syndrome, which is not a real thing. I looked it up and could not find it anywhere. <laughs> There's Burkitt's syndrome, which is what Google thought that I was talking about, but it <laughs> has completely different symptoms from what they were talking about here. What they were describing is kind of like AIDS, where people's immune system fails and they die from a bunch of other diseases. But if they had the healing powers of a hagfish, that would fix him. So it's all coming together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Teal'c is the one that figures that they must have wanted Sam because her experience with Jolinar would 
make her way more valuable than anyone else on the team would be. Hammond wants to know if there's any likelihood of success that they would actually be able to implant the guy with the hagfish. I guess they're assuming that they wanted Sam to figure out how to get it back out. But Fraser says they've been researching the disease for a long time and that even with unlimited resources, she didn't think that they would be able to figure out a solution to the problem very quickly. And the guy was rapidly running out of time. So they're going to have to try to go find him. Fraser's sure that at this point he's going to have to have constant medical supervision, so he'll need to be in a hospital or other similar facility. Daniel manages to figure out that it is St. Christina's, which is in Seattle. It's been shut down for a couple of years, but it would seem that that guy actually owns it, despite the fact that it is closed, so they figure that he's probably there. And they're going to go check things out. Woo. Yeah. In the hospital, we see Sam just <laughs> laying in bed on a screen. And the one of the doctors is there. He looks away from the screen, looks back. Sam's gone. He alerts security that she's missing and couldn't have gotten far. Trixie Sam. Yes. She's trying to escape going through the hospital halls. She encounters a guard who... She beats the shit out of and takes his gun. She runs, but unfortunately just runs up against the locked door and apparently has nowhere else she can think of to go. And a man who is in a wheelchair, presumably Adrian Conrad, who actually, yes, not presumably, he says yeah, his name. That was I'm fine. <laughs> he comes up and tells her all the exits are sealed and that she is there because of him. She's got her gun out. He's got two guards with him who also have their guns out. So we're having a little standoff. She tells him to back off or she's going to shoot. But Conrad's like, dude, I'm about to die anyway. If you put your gun away, maybe we could both live. And Sam, seeing there is no way out, puts her gun down. And then they take her into another room and handcuff her to a gurney. And I was wondering where she got the shoes from that she was wearing. Because why would they put shoes on her when they changed her into scrubs? I don't know. If she was unconscious. Did she find these somewhere? Did they put them on her? I actually looked back at the scene when they were looking at her on the screen. And it was kind of hard to tell from the lighting whether or not she was wearing shoes in that (laughs) scene. But... It seemed weird to me that they would put her in sneakers when she was supposed to be unconscious and not going anywhere. It's very weird. I'm packing you an extra pair of shoes. Yeah, it was strange. Conrad comes in and basically outlines the entire plan is to fix his immune system with a hagfish, but then use information that they're going to gain from her to get the Gua Wold back out. But Sam says, well... Jolinar sacrificed herself to save me, so it's not going to be the same to try to remove an unwilling hagfish from your body. You're not really going to find any information from me that's going to be useful for that. One of the doctors was like, but what about what a great monumental breakthrough it would be if we could figure out how to make this work? I mean, technically, the Toker, though, already have that ability, which... Yeah. I mean, I know the Toker don't want to share their technology, but you would think that they would at least be more willing to share that because it would be mutually beneficial towards right. their goal of ending the Gua'uld and also Earth's goal of not having humans taken over. Yeah, Whatever. They don't share any t- technology. They're weirdos. Tokers are, are weird. Right? They are. 
Sam says that a lot of people have been working on that already. Conrad's like, yeah, but they're not desperate. <laughs> Apparently, Conrad is desperate. He starts coughing, and they take him out of the room to go somewhere else. They take him to a different room in the hospital. Mm-hmm. They've put him in bed and put a mask over him. They're checking his pulse and blood pressure, which are not good. And they're going to need to proceed with the implantation, unfortunately, at this point. Mendez is there, too, and she is like, you can't do that. We don't know if we can ever get it out again. (laughs) Right. But the doctor's like, we'll find a way. Okay. She is concerned. However... Conrad tells her it's okay, and it's his only chance. The doctors kind of push her out of the way. They restrain Conrad, and the camera pans over to the hagfish as its tank is wheeled closer to him. Then we're outside at a SWAT truck, and Mayborn is there, which makes no sense since he's a wanted man. But he was there <laughs> hanging out with SG three quarters and the SWAT guys. <laughs> they're getting ready to head in. So they're putting on like flak jackets and getting their weapons and getting ready to go back in. Yeah. Uh, Jack's got his guns blazing already. He sure. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Shirt sleeveless Jack. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're no tilt guns, but you know. This is true, but they're still they're still good guns. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Mayborn wants a gun, but of course he's not allowed to have one, and they head in. Tilk is wearing a gray hat in this scene. He it, is. It's kind of like a fedora. Yeah. But the brim is a little smaller. I couldn't make out what it was. It looked like it had on the ribbony part, it yeah. looked like there was a bit of purple accent. It had a little feather. It was a feather. Okay, that's why I couldn't tell what it was. Yeah, I was delighted. I was like, ah, that makes it that much more adorable. He's got a feather on his hat. It's great. (laughs) Back with Conrad. His implantation has been successful. The golf ball. If you have time for golf. And a plastic steak. And a rubber ducky. Because he opens his eyes and they glow. They immediately notice that his blood pressure and pulse and whatever are coming up all good they're very impressed and excited with this <laughs> mendez asks how conrad feels and he's like the pain is gone she wants to know immediately how long it's gonna take before they can get that thing out of them they're like we don't even know what kind of effect it's gonna have she's he, these yeah anyway she's mad about that though <laughs> But we already knew that this was the problem. They don't know what they're doing. Right. <laughs> the creepy doctor. I mean, they're both creepy. But the one who they is creep, creepy. creep smiling at her says that the issue that they're having right now is that Sam's test results indicate she holds the key to a safe extraction process. But Conrad wouldn't authorize the measures they need to take to figure this out. Which apparently is to kill Sam and examine her brain. Mendez, though, only cares about Conrad, so she's like, do whatever, and they're all monsters. Agree. Yeah. In the entrance of this hospital, Daniel comes stumbling in, holding his arm, and complaining that he's electrocuted himself. (laughs) Why they chose that for his cover, I don't know, because it doesn't really make any sense, but whatever. It's okay. They have the dumbest guards in the world at this entrance, so it doesn't matter. 
they do have some very, very bad guards at this entrance. This is true. <laughs> they, just, they tell him to go elsewhere, but Daniel's like, I have insurance. <laughs> and it made me laugh and also sad at the same time. America. Yeah. That you can get turned away from a hospital for not having insurance because everything is terrible as far as healthcare goes in this country. We have great health care if you can afford to pay it yep. and have insurance. And if you don't have insurance, you're fucked. Anyway, he's continuing to insist that he electrocuted himself and needs some help. Then he zaps one of them and is like, see, that hurts. <laughs> Tilt comes in in his adorable bee-feathered fedora and his trench coat, and he gets the other one. They're going to continue to look around. Meanwhile, Jack and Mayborn are coming in from a different entrance to get this place from a few different angles. A guard manages to find Mayborn. Jack takes out that guard, and Mayborn goes to take this gun, since he was not given a gun before, and Jack doesn't put up as much of a fight as he should have. Yes. <laughs> he says, hey, and then lets him have it. Back with Conrad and Mendez. He is immediately trying to get out of his restraints, which raises no red flags with me at all. I no. mean, he's just feeling good about life, and he needs to get out and experience it. Yeah, not weird at all. Nothing at all suspicious. Nope. She objects. However, he's like, I'm not being controlled. I'm controlling it. We don't have to kill Major Carter. Everything's fine. And you can trust me. You know me so well. We can be together now. She holds his hand. And at this point, I was like, she's very stupid. Quite. Or just ignorant. I mean, she probably didn't really have any previous experience True. with hagfish. True. Yeah. Right. But also probably kind of stupid. Yeah. Mm. Yep. But also she ordered Sam to die, so I don't really care what happens to her. Right. Yeah. Screw her. <laughs> Speaking of Sam, back with Sam, the other two doctors come in and they're preparing yet another syringe. Who knows what's in it this time? <laughs> Sam realizes that they're about to kill her. The doctor's like, yeah, it's fine, but you're going to save millions of lives, though, so everything's fine. <laughs> Jack and Mayborn come in just in time and, of course, save the day. They take the doctors out. They don't really take them out, but they, like, make them go stand up against the wall. Jack is able to get the keys from one of them to unlock Sam. <laughs> Sam compliments him on it being a very dramatic rescue, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah. Jack radios to Daniel to let him know that they have Sam and that she's fine. And Daniel's like, great, but things are not going well over here. Because he's found Mendez dead on the floor and no yep. Adrian Conrad. Oops. End of scene. Who could have seen that coming? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sam is good to go. She tells them things they already know. That the hagfish is in Conrad. And an extra bouncy, bouncy ball. And some extra teeth. Be careful, they chatter. And uh, they thought they could use her to cure them. Jack gives her a gun and they are going to head on out of there. He tells Mayborn to stay here and watch these guys. And Mayborn's like, that's cool. And he's kind of smiling at this. <laughs> <laughs> Jack's like, I them. Jack is not that dumb. That annoyed me. No, I'm sort of wondering if Jack decided to just let him go. Maybe. <laughs> because he's like, you'll be here when I get back, right? And he's like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I will. Sure. Sure. Totally. <laughs> SG-1 is going to sweep this building trying to find Conrad. 
Everybody is searching through the building, trying to find where Conrad might be. And Kathy, very shocking. You're going to be shocked. Oh. The doctors were chained to a gurney and Mayborn was gone when Daniel came in the room. <laughs> what? <laughs> right? Who would have thought? But Mayborn said he was going to be there. He said he was going to stay and then he didn't. He's a man of his word. He would oh, totally yeah, have totally. Brought, He would have totally brought that homeless guy in National Geographics. Absolutely, he would have. <laughs> yeah. Jack makes his way down to a basement that is very dark and wet and smoky and there's dripping water sounds. And I think they really need like an HVAC guy and maybe a plumber and a mason. <laughs> down yeah. here that's why the hospital's closed <laughs> maybe this is why the hospital's closed very good point conrad jumps down from somewhere <laughs> into the hallway and is running away from jack but why did he jump down in front of jack only to then start running away from him that it, made no sense it was weird it was weird Jack asks where he's going. Conrad reminds him that if he shoots him, then he's also going to kill the host. Jack does not really care. And then there are two shots, but they are not from Jack's gun. They are from behind Jack, and they are into Jack. So he goes down, and then Simmons comes up out of the smoke and tells Conrad to come with him if he wants to live. (laughs) So they head off to a place. That was a genuine surprise. I did not remember that. Me neither. Also, do you think Simmons knew Jack was wearing a vest, or did he not care? I was going to ask you the same question. Oh, okay. <laughs> because, yeah, spoiler alert, Jack is not dead, yeah. despite having been shot twice. I I was really wondering that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, even if he wasn't wearing a vest, he could have been aiming for non-critical areas, like, you know, True, he did get his arm, like... Yeah. Yeah. So know. either he's a really bad shot, or probably he was aiming carefully. <laughs> yeah. Because he was not very far behind Jack and should have been able to get him. True. Sam comes upon Jack after Conrad and Q have gone. She makes sure he's alive, which is good, and then Mm -hmm. calls in for assistance because there's a man down and she's in the boiler room, which I would not have recognized. I'm glad she knew where she was. Do they know where she was? Do they? I assume they have blueprints of this building. Probably, yeah. I would think. (laughs) Anyway, meanwhile, Jack's like, ah, I've been shot. And she says that his vest stopped one of the bullets, and but one did get him the arms, and he demands to have sleeves on his vest from now on. They should put sleeves on these things. She asks who shot him, but he did not see. You would think that he would have heard him talking but maybe he i don't know maybe he hit his head on the way down or something maybe it was just you know focused on the being shot thing yeah maybe he was just kind of stunned and not really mm. paying attention i mean q's got a pretty distinctive voice and does not sound like mayborn true i mean i personally have never been shot in the back while wearing a vest so i don't Same. know i mean it's still gonna hurt and there's a lot yeah. of force behind it yeah so i don't know what it would do to me but i feel like i would be focused yeah it's possible he was not conscious yeah (laughs) at very least focused on that but at very least yeah hurting and probably more focused on that yeah yeah this is not an invitation for anybody to give me a vest and shoot me in the back just clearing that up (laughs) in case no one would have ideas but i'm just throwing that out there i do not want to be shot in any way 
I was watching a show where I'm forgetting the person's name now, but one of the former hosts of Great British Bake Off was doing a show where she was going around the country and doing a whole bunch of different challenges. And one of those challenges did involve putting on a bulletproof vest and letting someone shoot her. Yikes. <laughs> and it was supposedly very painful, not surprisingly. Oh, my God. Yeah. It didn't uh, pass out, though. Okay, okay. But also didn't fall on the floor and possibly hit her head on anything. Mm. It's got to really fucking bruise you, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's a lot of force still. Yeah. You'd have to pay me a lot of money for that if I were the host of that show. Right? Yeah, same. <laughs> same. Anyway. Anyway. We're finally back at the SGC. Jack is very angry because he thinks that it's Mayborn that shot him, and he can't believe that Mayborn would do that. But Sam <laughs> reminds him that they don't know for sure it was Mayborn. Jack's always threatening to shoot Mayborn anyway. I mean, I feel right? like Mayborn might be like, I should shoot this guy before he shoots me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Hammond points out that they also don't even know how Mayborn and Adrian Conrad got out of the hospital. Jack doesn't have any recollection of seeing anybody else. So Hammond's like, well, I guess the locals just dropped the ball. <laughs> <laughs> FBI and Interpol have been alerted. So everyone's on the lookout, but they have no leads. Conveniently for Q and Mayborn. <laughs> and Adrian, for that matter. So now there's a gold on the loose somewhere, as Sam points out. But not really. Nope. This gold is being held captive by presumably Simmons and maybe the NID. I guess. Because Simmons is part of that organization. But maybe Simmons is just wanted a hagfish. Huh. I don't know. Maybe he went rogue. Hagfish Conrad is mad because he wants better treatment than whatever situation he's been trapped in. And Simmons is like, well, once you start giving me information and whatnot, I might be able to get you better accommodations. In typical gold style, Conrad's like, you can't offer me anything of equal value to my knowledge. <laughs> Simmons is not sure about that. He smiles at him and leaves. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What up, Simmons, dude? That's it for the episode. Yeah. Did you like the episode? I did. I did like this episode. Fabulous. Yeah. It was exciting, and I love Jack and Mayborn interacting. Like, <laughs> they're ridiculous and, like, terrible and fun, and I... <laughs> not terrible, but yeah. They're yeah. ridiculous and fun. I like their relationship a lot, as it were. I mostly enjoyed Jack interacting with people. He was interacting with the homeless guy was really good. And it added a lot of interesting intrigue into the show. I don't like wealthy people who decide that as long as they can throw money at things, they can do whatever the fuck they want. Agree. Which is very clearly Adrian Conrad's whole deal. Yeah. He's not cool. He's a bad guy. But now there's also, so yeah, what is Simmons up to? I need to know these things. And so they've got me engaged in this way that I really like. Yeah. And because initially when Simmons showed up, he's obviously some sort of, I don't want to say enemy of the SGC, but he's another person who's like Kinsey, who is mm -hmm. not 100% on board with what they're doing. And again, like Kinsey or even like Meborn, they got a lot of good points about the way the SGC is run. I didn't think that Simmons was going to go all shoot Jack and kidnap a yeah. Guauld. So that was very intriguing and exciting and fun. How about you? I did enjoy the episode for yeah, pretty much all those same reasons. I don't really have a whole lot to elaborate 
on it with. But it was a f- really fun and interesting episode. As you said, it was exciting too. So it definitely kept my attention. I sometimes when I am only watching part of the episode before work and then have to like go and do stuff and then can't finish the episode until later. For some episodes that I haven't liked, I've been like, oh, thank God, a reason to stop watching this. <laughs> but for this one, I was actually disappointed to have to stop watching it to go and do something else and was impatient to get back to it. So I had an enjoyable time watching this episode. What's next? Next, we are going to watch Stargate SG-1 Season 5, Episode 12, Wormhole (laughs) Extreme. (laughs) The next episode started playing, so I actually didn't know what was coming up next. I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very excited. This is a fun episode. I don't know about talking about it, but it's just, it's, okay. We don't have Netflix descriptions at the moment. I'm going to try to find ludicrous descriptions somewhere to match them. Did you see that ludicrous display last night? But for now, I have the Amazon one up because that's what it's playing on anyway. Amazon says... A TV series is about to debut that has striking similarities to the Stargate project, and O'Neill finds that the alien Marty is creator of the show. (laughs) The booklet says, ooh, the booklet's elaborate. A mysterious ship is hurtling towards Earth, and the key to stopping it lies with Marty, the alien who is producing a new sci-fi TV series called Wormhole Extreme. But due to his amnesia, Marty has forgotten not only how to stop the ship, but also that he lived through the wormhole experience himself. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. Hopefully we'll have hey, fun cool. things to talk about, because... I worry sometimes with really fun ones that I love. I'm like, I'm just going to be like, I love this. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Fair. As always, thanks for listening. If you haven't already done so, make sure that you subscribe so that you can get our episodes as soon as they come out every Wednesday. We love to hear from you. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us at stargatesing.space, which is our website. We are not on Twitter anymore. We are on Instagram and Mastodon, so you can find us over there. Admittedly, I've been using Instagram a little bit more often lately, but you know, not in social media probably as much as I should be anyway. And if you're feeling generous, you can support the show by heading over to patreon.com slash stargatesing. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargatesing, the end. The end. I should go eat something that is not just a cookie or a brownie. Or yeah. Did, how did or you nuts. do with your beers? Did you get through them all? I, hang on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I did. <laughs>